feel my energy, feel my intensity, and feel my never-ending gratitude for all of you that loved me so when I was on the earth plane. Feel the intensity of the excitement that I am bringing forth here today, for I have been waiting way too long for this exchange here, and I have so much to say. And I am grateful for the platform, and I am grateful for each one of you that is here to hold the space so that I can bring forth my message, which is what I was born for, which is what I lived for. I am a part of the Earth experience, and I have always felt a distinct sense of humility. And a sense of gratitude for all that I was able to experience in my life. Many people say I left too young. Many people say I had more to give. I would say to each and every one of you, I experienced exactly what I needed to experience, exactly what I came to experience, and I am filled with nothing but gratitude for my human experience. I am grateful for all those that followed me in life, for all those that supported me, and I will tell you each, I am also grateful for those who challenged me. Now that may sound interesting to all of you, but I'll tell you it's the truth. We really do grow from all of those who challenged, and I'll say I had my challenges, and I think I came into this world to instigate a lot of what I experienced. I held my ground, I knew who I was, and I wasn't about to give my identity over to anyone. Hmm. Not even the big corporations that wanted to own me. I felt that I could break free from all of that and I could show others that it could be done. And I think I did. And I think I gave it my all and I held on to who I knew I had to be regardless of what came my way. I distinctly remember a time where I felt overwhelmed with all of the adoration that I received and yet simultaneously I felt that I was being bombarded with anger and envy and so much hate and I will say the word and I can say it now because I can see it clearly. People hated me for the gift that I had, for the way that I was able to just make something out of nothing. And I think that's what I did with my life. I took it and I made it gold. And I made it what I wanted it to be. And I lost myself here and there, but for the most part, I held true to who I am as the soul. And I brought forth nothing but love. It came through me in many different forms, but I did it the way that I thought I could affect the most people. And that was important to me. I wanted to touch each and every one of you as much as I could. I wanted to reach every human being. I had something to say. I had something to share. And I tried in the best ways that I can to convey my message of hope, of peace, and of, accept, of, of acceptance of life. That I wanted people to be free from the fear. And I wanted people to be free from the intimidation that is so heavy in this world, in this society, that is so mm, defined and so confining for the artistic ones, for the creative ones. Oh, they said I couldn't do it. They said I couldn't be all that I wanted to be. And I showed them, didn't I? I showed them over and over and over again just what a determined soul looks like, just what an expression of truth through creative form manifested as. I have met many here, 
that see things the way I saw things, that now realize that there was more to life than what we really understood while we were there. And I'll tell you, it's it's a shock. It's a shock even for those that are prepared, even for those that knew their whole lives that we were more than just the physical human beings and that we were meant to love one another and we were meant to connect and make connections and remind one another that we're all connected and we're all one. It was all there, the signs, the signals. I just couldn't see through the density of my desire to be accepted as a human being. And you can imagine that coming from me, one that tried so hard to make a distinct um, imprint on the human experience by not adopting what everyone else said we should. I feel that that's my greatest message, is to honor who you are individually and to give nothing, nothing away. None of who you are, none of it for free. We all come to bring our energies into this reality. That's our dues. We pay our dues by being who we are born as, as the souls that we are. And yet life is tricky, isn't it? Because it gives you all these definitions and it tells you, well, if you really want to be comfortable here in this physical world, in this society, well, then you need to give over all of those idealistic thoughts and just get practical and get real. Get in line. Well, I'd say that those of you sitting here and those of you listening to this, you've already decided that you have no inclination to get in line or you wouldn't be listening to something like this. So kudos to you for having the guts to step out of line, for having the guts to expand into something that logic doesn't define, that logic can't define, that logic can't confine. I love it. I love all of you that are willing to just say to the status quo, I have no inclination to be a part of you anymore, and I won't add my energy there. Oh, it's wonderful to see just how powerful we can be. And if only I realized I was only tapping into just a tiny little portion of the creative energy of me. If I only knew that there was so much more that I could delve into and bring forward. Well, I know now. And I know my goal for my next experience is going to be to go even deeper, to expand even higher into the one that I am, into the all that is, into all we are capable of being. Don't look at each other as different anymore. Don't see each other as separate anymore. Each time you see another human being, look deep inside of them, look deep inside of them, where that soul is, where the energy of truth is, and embrace it, regardless of what words they're throwing at you, regardless of whether their punches are coming at you. Embrace the soul because that's who we are. And we are here to remind each other that we are one. And we're here to challenge each other to know that truth. But once one gets it, I think it's gonna be like dominoes. Once one of you really gets it, and you begin to share it, and they all come tumbling down. All of the egos, all of the insecurities, because when you look around you at the brilliant souls you're engaging, you recognize there's nothing that could stop you from being whatever it is you want to be.
Not when you have this kind of support system. So we've got to wake each other up. And we've got to do it with love. Love is the key. People have been saying that for generations. When are we going to hear it? When are we going to apply it? When are we going to recognize that all we need to do is love each other to the point of recognizing we're one? I know, I sound like all the rest of them, don't I? So simple when you're here to see the big picture, to see the connections that are there that you can't see when you're in the physical. I'm telling you they're there. I'm telling you if you reach into another with love, you'll find that there's love there. Oh, but when they resist and they come at you with anger, that's your opportunity, isn't it? You can match them there. You can go to the anger. You can dip down as low as you feel you have to. And you can keep trying that. And you let me know if that works. Or you can take the challenge that they're bringing you and say, I can hold the love while you play in the anger. I can hold the love while you play in the fear. I can hold the love because I know the love is you. And I'll hold you steady while you lose yourself in the illusion. Try it. But you've got to commit. It's easy to say, I can do it until it gets intense, until they start hurling those logical platitudes at you. And they start demeaning the integrity of your effort intellectually. Ah, but you know that brings you another choice. How do you take it? How do you take it in? Do you take it in intellectually? Do you meet them there? You say, well, hmm, that makes sense. Maybe they're right. Or that's offensive. Maybe i got to get angry. And then they got you. So you detach. You figure out a way. You don't play small and victim to the mind, to the games of the intellect. You say, that's just another aspect of me, and I'm going to learn to master it. So I can see that this other is in pain for their throwing nasty energy at me. And I'm not going to catch it. And I'm not going to hold on to it. And I'm not going to identify with it. I'm not going to match them there. I'm going to show them. If I remain in love, if I remain detached from the negativity, and I hold this space and I embrace their soul, they'll find their way. It's inevitable. If you can sustain the frequency, if you can sustain the energy of love. Do you see the challenge? And imagine if you do, and it works, how strong and empowered you will feel when you realize that that's it, that's the key. That's the way through this mess. Now you know you'll have your opportunity. Each one of you knows that. Life will bring it, it always does. So take it, take the opportunity seriously. Give yourself the challenge. Say, I wanna know if this stuff really works. And boy, oh boy, is this one here bringing me the opportunity to put it into practice. Just keep remembering. They are you. They are an aspect of you. You're one huge conglomeration of multi-dimensional energy that's manifesting here in each and every individual on the earth plane. 
That's one way of looking at life that'll remember, that'll remind you. They're an aspect of me, so why am I going to kick them when they're down? Why am I going to hold myself back from evolving into the one that I am? Just to play the game of duality? We've done that. Now we want to master it by bringing it to a place of unity and oneness. So you're all begging for the answers. You're all wondering, how do I fix this? This world and the mess it's in, or my situation. I'm giving you the answer to all of it. Hold whatever it is in the energy of love unrelentingly. Never to let down your guard. Never to let the fear in. Never to let the intellect rational, um, yeah, never to let the intellect rationalize away the practical benefit of sustaining the love. Practical benefit. See, that's the thing. Logic can tell you all the reasons how it's not practical. To dismiss the negative energy these others are throwing at you. Say, stand up and fight. But fighting's not standing up, not for truth, no matter what the little mind thinks truth is. Fighting immediately dismisses all truth, because the truth is where one. So the instant you have the inclination to fight another, you've forgotten who you are. So right there, anybody who says you have to stand up and fight, you know your answer to that. I need to stand up and be love. I need to stand up and remind this other that they are love by being love. And no, don't at that point start speaking these words. Because somebody in the energy of anger is not going to hear this. It's going to work without words, and that's what you have to believe. It doesn't mean you're going to see the instant shift even though that's what logic wants, right? Instant gratification. Holding the space of love is real work here in this fear-based reality. Imagine that. You are love, and it's work to maintain that truth. Only for a moment only for the moments that it takes to make that connection. For once you make that connection, it becomes lighter, less intense, and more evolved. The experience itself, it evolves because you have injected that high-frequency creative energy of love with your willingness to sustain it, to hold the space. Space. Keep that in mind. Space. You're holding the space. So as you're holding the space, are you going to fill that space with all your thoughts about it? That's not holding the space. That's filling the space. So holding the space is detaching from all thought that you have about the situation you're holding the space for. Can't be any of that. Only love. Unconditional acceptance. 
of whatever it is in that moment being what is necessary for that moment. Okay, I've made my point. <laughs> and I'll give you each the energy that I can to bring forth the most inspirational messages for each and every one of you. I want you each to feel the love that we are here tonight. So I'll be a part of every response you get. And I'm excited about this. I've been looking forward to this for quite some time. And I think this is a, a divine expression of our truth that each one of you is allowing to come through you wonderful injection of multi-dimensional energy in this reality that is so defined by form and structure. I love it. I love the freedom this brings and I love the way that you each leave here different. I can see it happening already. This energy merging with your energy is creating a new you. Did you know that you were coming here tonight to be redefined by the intellectual, I'm sorry, by the willingness of the intellect to bring this energy into form and then allowing it to work its magic. And it is magic. And I'm a part of it. I am the one, I love that, so funny. I am the one formerly known as Prince. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Cool. All right. That was Prince. Yep. That was Prince. Really? Yeah. Wow. He's been waiting a while for this. That's so funny. Very cool. Anybody want to ask anything about that, him, the message, or any of it? So a situation where justice should be done and you want to meet it with love. And people have to be held accountable for and something horrific that they did. People have to be held accountable for something horrific that they did. Yeah, well, we just want some insight on that. Yeah, let's see. What do you say about that, Prince? Well, yeah, I can see that so funny. Yeah, there are many different avenues I can approach this from and I'm trying to figure out the best way to put it out there where I don't sound um, dismissive because of my current location. <laughs> exactly, because you see there are a lot Funny. of whistleblowers trying to come forward in the United States yeah. about a lot of things yeah. in the macrocosm and the microcosm. Yes. And a global scale, yeah. on, a, on a statewide yes. scale, in a family. Yeah. Mean, That's so true. There's a lot of whistleblowers trying, right, to, come trying to come forward right now. And there are a lot of cover-ups going on. And a lot of cover-ups going and on. So, and you know they're doing horrible things to discredit the whistleblowers. Uh -huh. So in all of these different situations, yeah. large and small, yeah. how do you see that truth comes out, justice gets done, mm -hmm. but you do it with love? Yeah. Okay. You can't. Well, that's the thing. This is where you've got to figure out what can you control. 
can't control the outcome, can't control how the justice system is going to work right now, especially, and you can't control how others are going to feel about situations. You know what you think is right and what you think is wrong. You know what you think is justice and what you think is um, yeah, a massive cover-up on behalf of the instigators of the problems. Okay? So you can look at it from that point of view, but then you'll stay there at that level of consciousness trying to beat them at their own game. And you know that doesn't work. You can't meet, the, beat them. meet them where they're at and beat them at their game. That's not who you are. That's not who we are. And that's the, that's the thing. Those of us now that recognize our divinity are uh, and have been for quite some time amping up our frequency. We have been working on our own individual inconsistencies and we've been holding ourselves accountable. That's how we clear our space, isn't it? We recognize our fears, we recognize our doubts, our insecurities, our angers, and we recognize how that affects our frequency. And we say, no, I don't want to do that anymore. That's who I used to be. That's who I was taught to be. That's who everybody else is. But that's why everything's all messed up there. So I don't want to be that anymore. Now I want to be love. I want to spread more light. And there's a lot of people with that intention now. And you know this has been going on for years. So what happened? What happened in the last 10, 15, 20 years is everybody putting their effort into their own alignment with truth is starting to shift the reality. You see what happened? All this light started to shine from within the human experience. And you know what that did? It started to illuminate all these um, issues that you're bringing up here. It started to inspire the whistleblowers, if you will. The whistleblowers themselves are just working with the energy, what the collective energy is guiding them. And there are certain people that came to be that, and there are certain people that came to instigate that, and there are certain people that came to be the ones creating the dissonance to begin with. It's all a part of the experience. The freedom comes in letting go of the attachment to the outcome, of the need to see justice, of the need for justice to be what you think it is, what you define it as, and as far as the accountability of each individual. If we go big picture here, we're going to go to that place, that place that says that everything happens for a reason and that all souls involved called it into their experience, aren't we? We're going to go to that place that says, if I'm part of an experience and I feel it's an injustice and I feel that somebody is treating me wrong, then all I can do is work on me and make sure I am not maintaining any fear of repercussion here so I don't stay attached to a situation, make sure I'm not attached to a desired outcome, try to let it all go, do my due diligence, do my work in the way that I best know how from the energy of love, love for myself first and foremost, and love for the one that we're all, we are all a part of, one that did bring this situation into my experience from love. So if we're light and we hide in the darkness, we're playing hide and seek, right? We choose the game, we choose the rules, and we choose to abide by so when you choose to hide in the corner and somebody finds you, are you wrong for hiding? Or 
Are you just playing your part in the game? So these others that are being condemned for doing wrong also gave everyone waking up to this truth the opportunity to have that illuminating experience. Now, as human beings, we want to create a world that's just. We want to know that if somebody does harm another, they're going to be accountable for that. And we could try to create that here. We could also go to that place that knows energetically there'll be reciprocation. Energetically, there will be a balance in the energy ultimately in the experience. Will it manifest in your lifetime in the way that you want it? You know, for some people it does, and for some people it doesn't, and that's all a soulful kind of um, equation. But it's almost like I'm tap dancing around the question, isn't it? I'm not giving the answer that you want. I'm not telling you that, yes, they should be accountable, that what they've done is wrong. I don't have to tell you that. You already know that. You feel it. So you just turn around and walk away? No. You do what you feel guided to do. You follow your truth wherever it takes you. And you keep following your truth. But don't get lost in the attachment to what the mind thinks the outcome of the experience has to be. You keep being the love. First and foremost, love of self. You keep remembering. I am love, and they are love, and I will hold them in an energy love, and this is where the light shines. The more you hold that energy of love, the more you're illuminating any of the negative aspects of the experience that aren't going to be able to sustain themselves in that loving frequency. That's what I was trying to get at in the beginning. Love is such an intense frequency that the lower frequencies, they can't hang with. They can't hang in it. They can't adapt to it. Ultimately, if we keep raising the frequency, if we keep shining our light, we're going to create a reality based on the light and the love that we're sustaining. Get it? So the justice, how's it going to show up? That's going to depend on the different situations and the frequency of the collective energies defining that situation. So how many of your cohorts can you get to add more love to the situation you're dealing with? Just like how many groups of human beings get together on a regular basis and pray for peace? Do you know how many do that? There are groups all over the world now, and more and more are born every day. They get together at the same time, or they get together in the same place every day, every week, every month. All different groups all over the world, praying for peace, meditating on peace. There's almost no time of day that that's not going on. Did you know that? Any, any, any day, any time of any day, you can just add your energy to the collective prayer for peace that's flowing across this world. It's part of what's illuminating all of the inconsistencies, you know? That's what's creating the transparency. This real effort we've been making for several decades now, decades. 
Yes. There are those wonderful 60s children that never lost the hope. And maybe now they're closet meditators because they are more corporately defined, cor corporate, corporately defined than they once were. They never lost hope. They just don't feel as proud about it as they once did. But then there's the next generation and the next generation that came after that. And there's a bunch that are on the earth plane now that are really working to illuminate those that are not living according to the most loving energy that they can. You really got to think about it. How difficult it is to get there. I mean, those of us that know, and yet we're expecting the ignorant ones to get there. I mean, you've really got to see what you're saying. So if they can't get to where we are, all we can do is create an energy that asks them to step it up as much as they can by maintaining our commitment to hold the space of love in every minute. Most of all, mostly all of these experiences challenge you, don't they? If it's your experience, if you're not looking at the global experience and you're, in, you're looking at your own experience, well, you can definitely feel victimized in your mind, right? You can, you can definitely, um, what is it, rationalize why you have the right to be angry, why you have the right to raise your fist in anger at the system or at the one that's playing the system in a way that offends you. But remember, that's the trick. Because where did you go with your frequency when you did that? Oh, to the fight. Now remember what we know about the fight. And then you think globally. And you can do the same thing. You can think of how many thoughts will come up and tell you, well, peace is just out of our reach as a society, as a collective. We can look around at how many countries are at war with themselves, with themselves, right? That's what I see here more than anything. Oh yeah, there's all these wars going on, but do you realize that there are more wars now <coughs> with countries or communities that are fighting themselves? The actual societies they created is who they're now battling against. And what a metaphor for the individuals. Because aren't we at a battle? Aren't we in a battle with ourselves? The loving souls that we are battling the intellectual aspects of the human experience for control of this reality. You see the inner struggle reflected in the external environment? Are we getting the picture yet? That's why it's so important to make peace within oneself. And I think the white flag has to come from the intellectual aspect of who we are. That's what I'm saying. Find the love. Let go of the logic that'll defend your right to be angry. Because all is defending is your right to be separate from your truth of the love that you are.
we've got to make the connection between what's going on in us individually and what's going on in the bigger picture. We've got to see it. We've got to realize it. Life's just trying to show us what's going on inside of us. Ah, it's so much easier to blame them out there. It's so much easier to say, look at them fighting over there instead of saying, oh my God, is that going on in me? Can my mind really surrender to what my heart wants? Is the mind the government that we're revolting against? Ooh. That's good. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be. You see, that's the thing. And that's the thing about governments, too. They don't have to be the enemy. The mind doesn't have to be the en enemy. Gotta redefine frequency that it works with, right? And when all we, when all that we give it to work with is love, how can that be bad? So you've got to deprive your mind of the fear and of the anger, of the uncertainty, of the doubt, of the vengefulness, all of that. You just have to say no. It's enough. And then you gotta follow through the love. You gotta focus there. You gotta hold that space for yourself. There's the space. Create the space. Get rid of all the nasty lower frequency thoughts. And then see what you're left with. It'll be love. And then gratitude for the peace. <laughs> the peace of mind. It's working. You see, that's the thing. It is already working. That's why the light is shining in so many dark corners. Love those whistleblowers. The ones that are already out there, send them love. Send them gratitude because they did own their truth. And they did it because of an inspiration that came from all of you that asked them to. To show you what it looks like to live in integrity. That's how we help hold the space of love for their efforts to be what creates opportunities for more love to be shown, to be brought into this world, and to be shared. Just keep remembering that you have the most powerful, powerful weapon on earth right there in your heart. It's not just a nice thing to think. It's true. Now work with it. And remember, the most important part is not giving up when you don't see the immediate result you think you should see. Okay. Well, it's easy to love the whistleblowers. He says love the whistleblowers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah, easy yeah, to yeah. love the whistleblowers, yeah, but yeah, how about yeah. those that are blowing the whistleblowers? Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, of course you want to love them. I'm just trying to give you something easy to begin with. You know, the logical mind does play tricks with you. But if you can go the distance with this, then I'd say put them all in that same energy of love. Because then what you're doing is you're asking the ones that, um, you know, 
that were, the whistle was blown on to match the frequency of this other. So you put them in the same image in your mind, you put them in the same space, in the same pool of love. You start to see them as the energy that they are, not the physical human beings that they are. So you could put whole situations in that pool of love. How expansive do you want to be? You see, when you get rid of the bodies and you just see them as the energy, then you recognize. You can really see how easy it is for that love to start to infiltrate their beingness. You can create the imagery and it really works. Because then you're really connecting with the energy of who they are and not the illusion that they're manifesting as. Once you take them out of that form, so much of the negative connotations of their physical world actions gets dismissed. And you start to realize there's no distance between either one of those two. The love shows you that. But you know where that begins, with you. Because you can't project, how do you want to say that? You can't project love if you don't mean it. You don't mean it? So if you start with the whistleblower, well yeah, you can find some love there for that one. But can you look at the aggressor with complete detachment? of any negative action they've had towards you or the society? Can you dismiss all of that intellectually and have a real open space of love with no judgments, no desire of punishment? You have to get through the pain to be able to do that. <clears throat> and the whistleblowers, their lives get turned upside down. Uh-huh. Oh, and more. And they get murdered. Yeah, no. And worse. I know. Torture. You have, you have these doctors that cure cancer. You have doctors that come up with all these cures naturally, and they're dead. We're killing them to mm -hmm. hide the truth. Mm -hmm. For what? Yeah. The whistleblowers. That's right, all the doctors. Well, you know, CIA Director William Colby, who was supposedly drowned, uh, supposedly committed suicide by drowning in the Potomac in Washington, it was very clear that he was murdered because he was about to disclose that we're not alone in the, in the universe. That just recently happened? No, William Colby, that happened about, um, let's see, he, he died, I'm guessing, now that was eight or nine years mm -hmm. ago. But he was about to disclose publicly mm -hmm. that there's massive government, massive files within the government about our contact with ETs and that they're all benevolent and we and this, these stories mm -hmm. made up that they're, you know, abducting humans and, and harming cattle. And it's, it's mm -hmm. our own people doing that, mm -hmm. making it look like it's the ETs. Mm -hmm. the, the ETs, they have such technology. If they wanted to defeat us, it would take them yeah. a nanosecond. Well, I'm still going to bring you back to you. <laughs> I'm going to bring it back to you. I understand what you're saying. I understand the situations at hand here. I see what's going on here. And in each situation, there's justification on both sides. No, that's not something that logic will rule valid. But I see that now because I was right there with you. I was one of those. I wanted to be one of those. One of what? Those whistleblowers.
I saw so much more than I was able to convey. And when I tried, I felt the pressure. Mm, yeah. But I want to say something to each of you. Think about it. Each time you step closer to your truth, each time something dynamic sparks an inspiration inside of you, what happens? Does the fear come in your mind and say no? Trick you? Deceive you? Push you to dismiss the intuitive awareness or the instant realization of the desire of your soul? You have no idea, idea. you have no idea how often that happens to each of you. And you get an, an, an instant, subtle sense of the desire to do something that your soul wants you to do. You will immediately dismiss it. Does it change? Changes fear. So collectively, those whistleblowers, those doctors, they're looking to change the system, aren't they? They're looking to change the society, aren't they? Just like your soul is trying to change your reality. You see what I'm saying? It's the micro and the macro. So how is it ever going to get to the next big frequency for the world shift? How is it ever going to get to the ne next big frequency for the world shift? Individually. That's what I'm saying. When you are willing to not dismiss your intuitive sense of knowing, when your soul says, forget going to your 9 to 5 job and take an adventure, what does your mind say? Is that adventure going to pay my bills? No, so I'm going to dismiss you. So believe it or not, all this that you're talking about that's happening externally is trying to show you what's going on internally. And the way we change it is by changing our willingness to work with the love. Right now we're working with the fear. We are creating our own experiences by the fears we allow to dismiss our intuitive sense of knowing. When it seems too far-fetched for the mind, who do you listen to? Instinct. Mind. You'd like to think you listen to your instinct. But even the ones that are still miss so many opportunities because of the doubt of the certainty of the movement, of the way the soul would be able to support the physical, you see? So much of it comes down to that, doesn't it? We can rationalize away so many glorious experiences because of these limits that we place on ourselves. We could be flying. We could be communicating without words. Why aren't we? Why are we not speaking soul to soul? Why are we so willing to stay stuck in our mind? There have been ascended masters that have manifested on this earth and showed us our healing capabilities, showed us what we're really capable of. Who's saying, well, they did it, I'm going to do it? Who's saying that's possible? If we all did, imagine where we'd be. We stay stuck. We stay stuck in our fear-based interpretation of our limitations. 
and those whistleblowers, they're aspects of us. They're just showing us how our soul will come up and we will dismiss it. We will deny it. We are too afraid of our own power. We're too afraid of our own truth. We can't imagine what life would be like if we really let our true power through, unfettered, unedited. We can't imagine it logically. We can't figure out intellectually what it would look like. Do you see that? So what we're saying to our soul is if you can't confine yourself to something I can understand intellectually, you're not coming through. That's what we've said. but they stood in their truth anyway. And because of that, now everybody else notices, yeah. wow, they stood in their truth. That was yeah. the lesson. Yeah. But they came in here knowing that. Yeah, they did. They did come in here knowing that. And they chose. Ooh, I couldn't hear the the whistleblowers Ooh. came in oh. knowing that that was going to be their, their role the here. Yeah. I, I got it. So let me ask him, Mr. Prince, because he became vocal recently, not too long ago, past year or so, about what's going on. <coughs> Did that have to do with him not being here anymore? Oh, that was what I was going to ask. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what seems to be the issue now, isn't it? People are wondering. <laughs> was it real? Was it me? Was it them? Was it us? And I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave it just like that. Just like the answer I'll give you to everything. It was us. It was what? It was us. I was a part of it, you were a part of it, and they were a part of it. What, of his death? I'm a reflection of the entire experience. I am one of those that is willing to be a part of it, and I gave my energy over to it. So I'll say I was a part of it. I was a part of the shift in consciousness that is bringing about the illumination of so much of the dissonance that exists in this society. I was a part of the light that was shining into the darkness, trying to get people's attention. I was a part of the illuminating aspect of this generation that is bringing about major change in the way we go forward. Each one of those whistleblowers were, and I was a part of it. I'll add my light there. I'll own that. And I'll let you each know it's all worth it. Hold your space. Hold yourself in the highest of integrity, always coming from a place of love for all humanity, because you are all humanity. And you won't get that until you leave the individual body behind, but I'm telling you, it's true. And when you come back into that oneness, what you feel is the ridiculousness of the fights. Love is the answer. Love is the only way we're going to get through this. We cannot fight the per perpetrators. They're there to instigate us to move into a more centralized expression of love. See? We're so scattered. 
everybody worrying about their individual lives. Well, what if we just all collectively focus on the love that we are, knowing that that's going to bring about the change we need. It's going to bring about the energy that will create the way. So we don't have to figure it out. Then we can begin to know our power. Because it's going to come from outside of logic. Logic can't figure it out. We're doing the same thing over and over again because we keep looking to the same government for answers. Redefine the government. How do you redefine the government? Think about it. Think about it. How do you redefine the government? Vote for Trump. Just <laughs> <laughs> ask Prince. Does he think Trump's going to All right, let's go back. The government's your mind, right? The government's the intellect. The government's trying to control the mind. No. no. We're going back to the metaphor. So you want to go back to the idea that you can change the government by changing the frequency of the creative process of your mind. So how does your mind interpret life? If it's a negative, then you're going to hang in that negative frequency and you're going to create that negative reality and that's what you're going to add to the collective experience. And you'll be supported by many others in this society to go in that direction. You redefine <clears throat> the level of consciousness you choose to perceive life from. Or better yet, forget the, <laughs> forget the intellect altogether and just start to be. Just start to dismiss the thoughts because they're never going to be as expansive as the soulful awareness. Make the space for the inspiration to come. That's the kind of government you want. One that's inspired by the soul. So be inspired by the soul. And don't let the mind dictate this reality. Don't let the fear limit the capacity of the potential of the energy that you are. Be the love. Always. And don't worry about what anybody else is doing. Oh, there's something for those looking for justice. You do your part in the most loving way you can. <clears throat> and that's all you can do. You can send love, you can surround them with love, you can be the love, you can entice them with the love that you are, to be the love that they are, but you cannot force another. It is an individual choice. I bring it back to you. All you can control is you, your frequency, the energy of you, and your desire to hold the love, your desire to create the space, and your devotion to that commitment to be in the love. And if you're having a difficult time getting out of the negative thoughts, just play some music. <laughs> From 1999? Yeah. Party like it's 1999? All right. All right, very cool. Good? Thank you, Prince. All right, so uh, we'll take a little break now. Um, Maybe just like five, ten.